This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I'm joined from Whakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Hello, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well. I asked you last time if you had managed to stay dry, and you said so far, and then it got wetter. Oh, did it ever? I feel... Do you know what? We we were really lucky. For some reason, the, that big, massive bank of rain split down the middle and went all the way around us. So our river went up, um, up to the alert level, but we just had, like... Like we had heavy rain, but not flooding. Like in Edgecombe, which is not so far from us, they had flooding. Or Portiki, all the way down the coast, has had flooding. Um, they are completely isolated at the moment. Um, it's you know like the the whole coast is suffering the effects of climate change. And what are we doing about it, Sam? What are we doing about it? Like um, this has been my thought for the day today. I, Clearly, and, and not like, enough. It's, it's like the you know those countries that did absolutely nothing to protect themselves from COVID, um, and then went oh we should have protected ourselves from COVID, but in the meantime thousands of people died, and it's kind of that's how I feel about climate change today. I'm like I'm just feeling cross. <laughs> well, stop being cross and tell us who we're introducing today. Today it is my great pleasure to introduce Briar Lynn. I met Briar at a presentation that she did last week. She's the program manager for the Energy Academy, which is absolutely the opposite of making me cross. It made me happy. <laughs> and I loved it, Briar. And it is such a joy to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Kia ora, thank you. And thanks for that warm introduction. I'm, um, I enjoyed the session as well. And I'm pleased that we made you happy because climate change makes me cross as well. So. <laughs> Welcome, Briar Kira. Where are you, Briar? I am in Ōtotahi, um, in the beautiful South New Brighton, uh, which is uh, right on the coast. And we've been asking people how their bubble life was and then how their traffic light was. And now it's still a traffic light, isn't it? It's just a changed traffic light. How was your bubble life? So my bubble life in 2020, um, which is a while back now, isn't it? Um, I was living already with my boyfriend and his parents because we had planned a trip and were saving money. Um, Obviously that trip didn't happen. Um, But I was really lucky because uh, I am really good friends with his whole family. His his brothers came home as well. So it was like we were getting to have a little party every day. Um, I was working at the time in a communications role for an electrical distribution contractor so the comms work was really heavy um, but really rewarding at the same time because 
I guess in communications, I hadn't yet felt that um, the the huge necessity for my role, but obviously it was really important at that time to get the message clear and everything was so new and uncertain. So we were doing a lot of communicating. Um, so yeah, looking back on that time, I feel really privileged that I was in a warm, safe, dry home with loved ones. Um, I did lots of reading, cooking, uh, biking. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, of course the work was great. Um, and then the, the one last year, which I think was about three weeks for us here in Christchurch, not long at all, but I was in my flat with um, two friends and uh, much the same, really fun time, great work, and um, this time a little bit more wine and, and games of cards, so that was fun. <laughs> you were working for, did you say, an electricity supply? Yes, so uh, distribution contractor. So was yep. that messaging that you were uh, doing at that time related to COVID? What, what, what's the what's the relationship between COVID and, and energy? Yeah, so um, we so that was a, a lifeline utility organisation. So um, everyone was still working. Oh, sorry, we had field teams working in level four, obviously in really high risk scenarios, and and everything was so new at that time. Um, but it. We had, you know, legal things to communicate in terms of um, pay and um, health and safety, um, and it was—it's a pretty big workforce. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of involved in the day-to-day -day communications. Cool. And so now you're at the Energy Academy, which I don't know yes. what it is. So you're going to have to tell us what it is. Sure, sure. So uh, the Energy Academy was founded a couple of years ago. Um, by Orion Group, which is Orion, um, the network, uh, electricity distribution network owner here in, in Christchurch, and um, the contractor kinetics, my um, previous employer who I was just referring to before. Um, and really both Orion and kinetics recognised the um, growing gap in supply and demand for capability in the energy sector. And, and this wasn't just recognised by them, but it was recognised across the board in energy. Um, so John O'Brent, uh, who was the uh, group CEO at the time um, that the Energy Academy um, was established, Jono and Dee Anderson, who's our Energy Academy lead now, spent about a year um, connecting with people across the industry and really getting to the bottom of, um, of why that gap and how we could go about addressing it. Um, and then the Energy Academy was formed. They employed two program managers, myself being one of them, and Matt the other, um, and laid out um, a pretty big program of work, but really... Um, what that was all about uh, at the foundation at the core was about working across the whole industry because one of the main things that Orion and Kinetics uh, recognised was that they can't um, solve this big challenge on their own and there's no point doing it on their own. So we were really given the freedom to work across the sector. Um, so essentially we're working now to close the gap between supply and demand uh, for capability in the energy sector. What, where are the shortages? We're talking about people. Yeah, we're talking about people, um, not so much what those capabilities actually are, um, 
but more so the system to develop them. So I can't tell you what the capabilities that we need in the future are. Sorry, we're talking, I'm talking future capability here. Um, I can't tell you what exactly those are, but we know that we have a shortage of both people and then um, a system of capability that isn't developing skills and enabling people to upskill fast enough. Um, and also we are a very undiverse workforce. Um, typically in the past, um, people have fallen into energy by accident. That's what happened with me anyway. Um, and many other people um, I've talked to and we've, we've talked to as a team. Um, but really, it's this really exciting sector. So there's a huge gap in knowledge of who we are, um, really low profile, and that is um, attributing massively to our undiverse workforce that we see today. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have the baths. I'm not getting excited, but let's get excited. Why this one? I love the baths. It's um, They are a New Zealand band uh, led by Elizabeth Stokes, who is my ultimate girl crush. Um, they feel a bit 90s, Veronica's bad girl vibe, um, but amazing lyrics. So this one is about um, imposter syndrome. So they're... It's all about how um, how they feel like so many good things are happening to them as a band um, and they're getting all of these opportunities, but they feel like they can't get excited about it because it's too good to be true and they might jinx themselves. So I just, I, yeah, I think it's awesome. Thoughts are wrecking, there's no point untangling the thought from the action. 
um, imposter syndrome is such a debilitating thing, isn't it? it? You know, those those moments where you are in spaces where you've always wanted to be and then that crisis of confidence that comes where you go, oh, I don't know if I really should be here. And it doesn't take much to derail it. And I guess I, I think about, um, well, our listeners don't know about what you've produced with this story, with this book. So, um, and so would you talk, talk to us about that? Sure. And um, you'll see from, from me talking about it that um, I have imposter syndrome severely <laughs> in this area, but it's not holding me back because I'm so passionate about what we're trying to achieve. Um, so to Heidinger, which is, uh, which is what we were discussing before, it is a, um, a story of two rangatahi who uh, traverse a motu um, to um, really understand our um, our world through the voice of Atua and guided by insights um, by Atua uh, create positive energy solutions to save Papa Tuanuku. Um, and it's a really exciting journey that invites young people to be a part of positive energy solutions. And um, we believe um, uh, what we're trying to do through this is tell energy through a different lens. Um, because uh, in the past, we've talked about it in terms of, you know, electrons and all this technical stuff that I don't understand, or the roles within the energy sector. But we know that we don't know what these roles could be, but that we need a vast um, a range of people and capabilities. And if we want to excite people about the opportunity to contribute to um, a positive environment through energy, which is such a critical sector um, for um, a, our decarbonised future, then we need to start thinking differently about the way that we talk about it, particularly with our future workforce. And so along came this amazing story. And how how did how did that actually come about? What what's what created this? Where did this come from in your imagination? Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. So um Dee, my um my awesome boss, she was talking with our creative partners at Maui Studios. They are the coolest people ever. They are just down the road from us. Um and they're a creative agency um, that work a lot in the education, tech, gaming space. And you just have to Google them to see all of the amazing stuff that they've done. Um, and Dee was talking about this, uh, this need to connect with the future workforce in different ways and how our sector is so undiverse and we know that the future workforce is going to look different. So how do we actually do something about attracting um attracting the future workforce and talking to them differently. And um, so to Heidinger came about from that conversation and the end vision, which is what they talked about on the day, uh, which is still our ultimate vision, is a digitised uh, game which takes rangatahi um, from all ages and all subjects at school through this journey um, where they work on real-world energy problems and develop solutions together. Um, Vin, who's the founder at Maui Studios, said one day, we could rival Minecraft with this. And that got me really excited. Um, but obviously, we had to start somewhere. So um, we had six awesome um, electrical distribution businesses support us to create a Pudako. 
so a graphic novel, um, which is designed uh, comic style um, and invites Rangatahi on, the, on this journey. And it's developed in a pick a path style um, novel, which takes me back to my Goosebumps days as a kid. Um, <laughs> where uh, at the end uh, they've got a choice where to next, which are to a next to guide you um, to make positive decisions in service of the planet, but um, harnessing these um, awesome renewable energy solutions available to us. It's just so good. Thank you. How do we, how do we move it from where it is now to where you want to take it? What's the next step? Well, as I mentioned before, imposter syndrome is real um, and we don't claim to be experts in, um, in all areas. So what we're trying to do with this, and I appreciate this is a hefty statement, but this is what we really believe in, is decolonizing the way young people learn about energy. Now, we're not education experts. We are not energy experts. I'm talking we as in the Energy Academy team. Um, we are Pakiha. Um, we, we don't pretend to have knowledge where we don't, um, and Maori Studios um, do a lot of stuff um, in this space because they are the experts. Um, but we, we have uh, piloted the book um, with associated learning resources at a high school. We did that late last year. Uh, which was awesome and some really great learnings from that. And the next step is to test it with a younger audience, um, primary school. So what we're really looking for is um, some partners to help us take this step, um, whether that be to connect us with schools, to run the pilot themselves, to um, share their learning resources with us, because we do have a limited pool of, of learning resources and we know there's more out there. We're just trying to find it. Um, and anybody else who wants to be involved in any way along the journey, uh, we would love to hear from, from people who are keen. That sounds really good. Uh, what I really liked about uh, the, the whole, what, what we saw in the presentation that we saw on the day was the way that it actually encourages Dangatahi to make a choice. If, and, and that seems to be what's so missing from our world at the moment is for our mm. rangatahi is that, you know, that we present them with problems, but we don't always present them with the opportunity to um, to actually come up with a solution and then implement it. Um, and if we don't do that when they're young, then when they get old enough to do it, they lack the confidence to do it. Uh, all those basic skills of being able to imagine into the future. So I just think it's marvellous. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think what we're doing as well is putting a bit too much pressure on our young people by saying, you know, we've messed up the world, now you have to go and fix it. Uh, and uh, I've been listening a lot to um, Clover Hogan, who she um, she has, I can't remember what, what her organisation is called, but it, it addresses eco-anxiety. And it talks about how we're not going to get anywhere um, if we keep talking about climate change the way we do, because we have, on one hand, um, we have denial from from people who feel blamed for the for the impacts, and then we have despair from young people who keep getting told like you'll save the future, you'll do it, we believe in you, um, 
but not presented with an invitation to join on the journey. And, and what I would hate is for people to feel that the energy sector is not, rather than inviting people to be part of the journey, is pushing that responsibility onto our young people because they're already facing so much. The last thing they need is um, to feel like the weight of the world on their shoulders. When the idea emerged of doing this graphic novel Pick a Path, did you have to, who did you have to convince? Good question. Definitely the rangatahi, <laughs> hardest audience um, for sure, because I mean, I, I still feel I'm on the cusp of Gen Z, so I still feel somewhat relevant, but then I um, connected with uh teenagers and realized i wasn't a lot has changed <laughs> since i've been at school so um definitely convincing rang rangatahi or not necessarily convincing but um getting this their support and actually finding out what they wanted um and then at first it was pretty conceptual before we created the purako so um getting the initial funding to to create it was a bit of a challenge to be honest but we had, we had six EDBs who um, saw, sorry, it's electrical distribution businesses. There's far too many acronyms in this <laughs> industry. Um, who really saw the potential and believed in what we were trying to create. And now that we have this in print, um, it's becoming far easier, obviously, because it's tangible now for people to see what it is we're trying to create in the game. So what were the challenges in taking ideas that are normally explained in text, PowerPoints, mm -hmm. into something that was much more engaging and interactive and and graphical. Was it the same stuff, just drawn differently? Or was it a whole, did that engender a whole rethinking of, of the message? Yeah, I'd say the latter. Um, and luckily... This was mainly Maui Studios domain, so I didn't have to tackle that challenge myself. Um, so what they did was they created this narrative that they tested with us um, and we tested it with um, one of our energy um, sustainability experts because what we have to be really careful about as well is um, while um connecting with young people about renewable energy sources is being realistic about why our energy system is the way it is today so we're really conscious of not pushing um some certain messages um particularly false narrative around the way that we use oil and gas today for example um to rangatahi so it was really important that we we tested that um but because um because this, their stories of um, Atua, uh, Maui Studios were already so inside that they could draw from those previously created, created stories as well. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mahi arohanu, kia koutou, kotahoho. I hope you're all happy today for superstars and you're all I really hope wherever you are, whatever's happening around this journey that is proving very rewarding. 
Here is a stagnating for you. More energy tag. Who you are. The triumph of nature's are perfect. Yeah. Making Thank you. Now I know that for all of us over the last more than two years. We've had to navigate so many shifts in the world around us. But to adapt, to evolve, just as we always had this life, always had and will continue to do. In an infinite, we have learned, we have cried, we have laughed and sighed. We have talked, we have shared, we have loved, we all these things and will continue. And how lucky we are, we can do together. I'm so grateful, as you know, to part of the show. So a huge thing to Sam and the whole Blown Bubble. And I really hope for all of you today has really awoken a sense of the new and the possibilities that's found in each moment. And has reminded, as it reminded me, of the living story that throughout our day there are so many moments and that we can share. Even the smallest, tiniest moment is a gem, is a portal. The micro and the macro, it's a doorway into a sense of a connection we can all share. I had a wonderful day today, of course, venturing forth out to my home, Otoko Ecos, connecting with my dear friend who I've worked with for many years, hearing and seeing car flying ahead, calling through the valley, hearing about a new baby sponsor and an old and thinking about we should all get together in a safe way to celebrate everything that come to be nearly 20 and of course I've been there very fortunate for the last 13 years but my band played there when the land fit came to draft the trust what it was for was drawn there and this is happening to us all the time there are so many synchronicity coincidences so many connections and of course I had a wonderful time today going and speaking with some beautiful life forms making up the South Dunedin chapter of Age Concern Otago's social group who meet every Thursday. And I'll be taking my friend David along next Thursday to meet them all. And of course I started the group by asking them their name had been given and or that they like to be called and which part of the living world really they loved best. And of course I heard the most wonderful stories in the whole world. And I was there to talk about Orokuno, but I really just enjoyed listening to them and with everything that these lovely, beautiful people shared. Of course, it connected back to what I had come to share. And we're so lucky that we can do this every day with each other. So I really hope we've had the chance to share and connect today. And I'll look forward to talking to you in soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Briar Lynn. Briar, you were t- talking before uh, Tahu about that challenge of the the realistic and the, the the false narrative. The theme of this show is um, positive but not deluded. How do you tread that line of wanting to have like enough imagination that you're seeing, you know, out beyond, have that hope, but not so far away that it's, um, you know, that Susan Crumdike talks about it being the the, the, the the green myths, these things that are mm. miracles that are going to occur and solve everything. Mm. Yeah, I think because we are not... We are not the experts, as I said before. We're not here to um, to kind of create what's right and what's wrong. And I think that what we've more tried to do is uh, put a 
challenge out there and invite people to be a part of the solution. So um, we don't, in terms of the content of the Purako, it it doesn't involve um, too much too much of that in terms of yeah what's right and what's wrong um and more just come with us and then go out and um learn from a variety of sources about what's going on and what's at play um, and then make up make up your own mind essentially as, as awesome as i think it is and Mawira wrote about a comic book as part of her um her doctorate thesis it doesn't appeal to everyone. What other strategies do you have for engaging people? Mm. Yeah, so um, telling a better story of energy is is one of our um, strategic outcomes. We have three of them. And um, we've got a couple of projects. So Tahiringa being one of them that fall under telling a better story. But LUMO, our second, um, our second stream of work that comes under the co-papa of telling a better story, um, LUMO, uh, the first one is an energy reimagined symposium, which was supposed to be an in-person event on March the 8th, but obviously that didn't happen for um, for reasons we know. But LUMO is all about um, bringing a diverse voice to the stage and uh, exploring the big ideas facing energy. Um, so there are plenty of energy sector events. Um, I've been to many of them. Unfortunately, what tends to happen, not all of them, but at a lot of them, is that the makeup of people on the stage represents the makeup of people in the energy sector. And I believe what we see is is what we create. And also we're missing so many key parts um, of the story because we're not uh, talking with people um, from different sectors, from different cultures, from different um different fields of work so LUMO is all about um is all about putting uh, a new voice on the stage um and um yeah exploring the big ideas facing so we have four major themes that sit under LUMO energy tomorrow just transition future story and the new energy narrative um, and now that obviously we couldn't have an in-person event, we're shifting to an online podcast series, uh, working with Maori Studios also on this project because they can do everything. Um, so, yeah, we've got about 50 plus speakers from a range of sectors and we're really, really excited for the podcast series. Um, I've never done one before. This is actually my first podcast, so it's great for me to learn uh, through doing this. And, uh, yeah, it's something that we've been working on for a year now and we're really proud of it. So I'm looking forward to doing that and working collectively to, we say, shift the national narrative of energy. And this is a huge part of that. Briar, we've seen lots of changes in society over the the last couple of years. It's our, it's this show's birthday next next week. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, kind of, it's kind of an unfortunate birthday, isn't it? What of those changes in society, what do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? I, what I have, um, an out, a positive outcome that has come out of all of the awful stuff that we have seen um, 
is that I've really felt a strong sense of a global community. Um, and right now, more than ever, um, people need our help globally. And I think it's really important both for our own personal egos, but our um, national egos as well. Um, I also, um, I mean, and this is such a cliche because so many people talk about that, about it, but really, um, obviously, when you're in a time of crisis, it does help you hone in to understand what's really important to you and what your purpose is, um, why you exist and why you're here. And I hope that that really sticks um, and that organisations and sectors support people uh, to follow that. How much do your do you respond to the the things like the the petrol prices going crazy and then seeming to stabilise? Does that change mm. people's thinking? I mean, I know it changes people's thinking on the day, yeah. but does it is it are you seeing that kind of volatility coming through in how people are thinking about energy? Good question. I don't know if I'm. Um... I'm the one to answer that. Um, yeah, I'm not in the technical space, so yeah. I mean, but obviously, it must. It's... It must be. It must be. When people are talking about the fact that you know everybody's net, or they were a couple of weeks ago, desperate to buy an EV. So it's, yeah, there's a course. different way of thinking about energy. Came up real quick. Yeah, yeah, no, no, sorry, you're so right. Um, it is becoming more of of the mainstream conversation. I mean, for so long, the conversation around energy has been power bills. Um, and um, obviously now we're talking more about the electrification of the economy. What I would like to see is a conversation more on um, the realities of that. So a just transition, which obviously we're talking about um, with Lumo, but um, yeah, first with the, on a personal note, first with the petrol prices, I started to get a little bit annoyed um, with people in my position who um, who I have a stable job and no dependents apart from a dog. Um, and so, yes, while it impacted my wallet a little bit, it didn't prevent me from getting to work or um, picking kids up from school. Um, and so thinking about that now, obviously energy in, in the oil and gas industry has a huge um, impact on people's everyday lives. And um, I'd like to see that conversation play out a little bit more. Do people struggle with that bigger, more holistic thinking that you've got? I mean, bringing in things like a just transition means that you're mm -hmm. not just talking about the power bill that people want to talk about. Yeah. Are, are people prepared to have that bigger, that big, bigger thinking? I almost said think, thinking big, but that was, that's something else. A bigger thinking about energy? Yeah, um, good question. I only know about talking about just transition because I'm in the energy sector and um, a lot of these big picture thinking conversations um, kind of like with climate change is that um, they seem they seem in the future because I mean obviously now we're seeing the direct impacts on a daily basis but we 
um, they seem too far out of out of scope. But um, when I think of um, just transition, I think about what are people who can't afford EVs going to do when um, they're dealing with um, low supply of support for their, you know, petrol fueled vehicles or um, you know, all the, all the challenges associated with that. So I don't know if that conversation will come into play, unfortunately, until um, we're at the, the bottom of the cliff, but I really hope not. So that, yeah, the, I mean, the idea of LUMO is that we start to make these, these important big, big ideas about energy in the mainstream conversation. Mentioning climate change there, do you think that there are any lessons that we can take from the pandemic and the pandemic response for those bigger things like climate change and uh, social justice at the the larger scale biodiversity we take anything from how we've responded yeah i mean climate change is a crisis too um and there is a burning platform um as i mentioned before i i I really want us to um, take that sense of global community that, um, that I mean, social media benefits that, that hugely um, through to other, um, other crises like climate change. So there are so many amazing, um, talented expert climate activists um, who who share really positive messaging that instead of um, climate despair or climate denial incites, um, you know, um, you feeling like you actually can make a difference. So I think that sense of, of global community and common sense of purpose is really important. Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have Crunbin. Evan finds the third room. Why this one? Just because it's, I don't, I don't even know. It's just so random, and I love it so much, and I have no idea what it means. But it's just a really fun song.
Briar, I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, that's a really big question. Um, I think the biggest success that I've had, and I, I mean, the, the whole team has had with the Energy Academy, um, and I don't know if we can call this success, but is um, the the support um, that we've received from industry and and how we've been able to connect with such a wide range of people. Um, also, the vision of those who founded the Energy Academy and my boss, Dee, is so strong um, and really excites people that I'm proud of. Um, I'm proud of the way that we've stayed true to tackling things differently and not being afraid to do so. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Oh, super my superpower. Oh, really good question. I haven't thought about this. Um, maybe it would be sometimes I think that this probably sounds ridiculous. Sometimes I think that I'm a little bit intuitive um, and that I can um, read things before they happen, which also makes me um, severely anxious sometimes. But often I find out I felt that way for a reason. So perhaps that's my superpower. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? No. I would like to consider myself to be an activist, but I think I need to do more to be able to be an activist. I don't want to take away from um, from people who um, live, breathe, and every day fight for what they believe in. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, probably... Uh, the people around me and my and my team, um, and also also who I mean who I'm doing all of this for, which is the future workforce. It's it's um, really important to me that they have opportunities. If you'd said, if you'd heard yourself say that four or five years ago, would you have thought you were nuts? Yeah. Yep. I think so. I don't think four or five years ago I would have um, I would have considered that I'm the future workforce. But now, as I've had a reality check um, since I've met the future workforce more recently, I know that's not true. So, what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to? The next phase of our Tahitinga project. So, um, as I mentioned, I'm. Um, I'm outside of my comfort zone in many, many ways, but I really believe in the end goal and the vision. So there's a few barriers and a few hurdles, but we have so much support from people along the way um, who, who will help us tackle those. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Mm. On anything specific? It's the last question. It's a free hit. Oh, okay. I would say 
go for more walks on the beach. It's a cliche, but it actually it actually does help to clear the mind um, when all of this crazy stuff is going on around the world. Thank you for that. I'll go swimming at the beach. That's close enough. Moera. Nice. Right, in the two years we've been recording this show, uh, this is the third time I've given this quote by Dr. Seuss. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And that is exactly right. As people like you who care, who want to make change happen, who are actually out there making change happen. And I feel real gratitude for you and your time and the commitment that you've made to being a leader of your peers and that generation that is coming rapidly up behind you. So keep up the good work, and I'm really excited to see where you go from here. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thanks. That means a lot. Thank you. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, but I can try for your heart. Our dreams, and they are made out of real things, like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving. Love is the answer, at least, for most of the questions of my heart. Like, why are we here, and where do we go, and how come we're so hard? It's not always easy, and sometimes life can be deceiving. I'll tell you one thing, it's always better when we're together mm, It's always better when we're together Yeah, we'll look at them stars when we're together Well, it's always better when we're together Yeah, it's always better when we're together Find their way into my dreams tonight But I know that they'll be gone When the morning light sings Or brings new things For tomorrow night you see That they'll be gone too Too many things I have to do But if all of these dreams Might find their way into my day-to-day scene I'd be under the impression I was somewhere in between With only two, just me and you Not so many things we got to do Places we got to be will sit beneath the mango tree now. Yeah, it's always better when we're together. Mmm, we're somewhere in between together. Well, it's always better when we're together. Yeah, it's always better when we're together. listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. They're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie, and this is Jack Johnson. Together. But there is not enough time. There I'm so glad I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad I'm 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 here. I'm so glad
and from Ojutahi combination of words I could say, but I was This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.